Content warning. This episode discusses themes of suicide, mental illness, and religious intolerance. Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Welcome everyone to a special get, uh, special episode of Deep Drinks Podcast. We have a dear friend of mine on today and it's going to be awesome. I want to welcome Oz, who is the founder of Tang, who co-owns it with his lovely partner who's in the comments section at the moment, uh, Jenna, black female atheist you may know her as. Tang stands for the Atheist Network Group. Tang has successfully hosted a kick-ass um, conference or panel called Better, which is like a real-world meetup. Um, which aims to better the discourse between atheists and religious folk. Uh, Oz is a former Christian who has just uh, about seen, heard, and felt it all, his words, um, through his deconstruction constructing experience. We're hoping that people can go away from today with some um, hearing a bit of Oz's story and also getting some advice for maybe that might help them in their um, journey. Um, so without further ado, I'll add Oz to the call and welcome him on welcome oz what's up man good to be here thanks for having me oh it's thank you for coming that's it's it's a huge um it's a huge thing to have you on because i'm I, I don't know if we've formally announced this properly but i'm i'm part of the tang gang like the, you guys heard my rap skills and you know, i was like and you like gotta have him on so that's that's how it happens so we've got a kind of a secret show coming up in the future don't we we haven't really announced it but um got some fun things happening yeah, we've uh, I've, I've kind of uh, spread some crumbs out there uh, for people to kind of get hyped about. But yeah, the, uh, it's 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 about to go down. Yeah, something's something's going down. The other thing that I um, forgot to mention, but which is good that I mentioned now, is we actually have two hundred subscribers. So just a reminder that once we get to one thousand subscribers, we're doing a charity stream where I think I'm going to do six hours. We're going to do something fun. And we're going to give away all the donations and everything to charity. Um, and so that'll be a good time. So if you want to support this channel, support what we do, make sure you subscribe. Just click the button because once we get to 1,000, I can monetize and get uh, like the little notifications that give us um, uh, donations. And I can put that towards uh, helping charities, which is what I want to do. Um, also, imagine uh, if I am drinking alcohol, imagine how drunk I'll be after six hours. No one wants to miss that. That's... Whew, that's that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Oz, man, uh, what are we drinking? Your ch choice of liquor, right? Yep. Well, I, I I told David my 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 favorite, my go to is Crown um, Crown Royal Apple. Uh, but I stopped after work tonight at the liquor store, and they're out. So I got uh, Canadian uh, whiskey, Canadian apple. So it's it's very very close, uh, but apple whiskey not. Yeah. So yeah, and the same with uh, Australia is sold out of this drink, which is very frustrating. But I've so I've got the Jack Daniels Tennessee apple. So so I'm gonna pour. I've never had this before. Never had a flavored whiskey besides uh, Fireball. I don't know if you guys have that in uh, in America, but we definitely drink it a lot in Australia. So I got myself. Oh, it's very appley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go and get you some of that. Get you some of that. Oh, it's yeah. good. Get that work. That's good. It's like a uh, it's like a uh, apple juice, but alcoholic. So, uh, Oz, 
Yes, my dear friend, I have to ask the same question you ask all of your guests when they come onto your show. <laughs> what did it look like for Little Oz growing up? Oh, boy. Um, well, let, let's start here. My, my earliest memories uh, are at church, in church. Uh, when, when you hear people talk about I was born into it, I was literally born into it. My mom was in full-time ministry for years. Um, so I remember being a little rug rat running around, you know, mom had music rehearsal or before services started, you know, they had, uh, their, their warmups and rehearsals before. And I, I'm one of the little badass kids running around behind, you know, find all the different highway, uh, highways, Jesus, uh, hallways and <laughs> all, all the places that we weren't supposed to be as kids. Um, but you know, being adventurous, but you know, uh, Sunday school, um, you, you, you name it. I was there. Uh, you know, when you're, when your parents are full-time ministry, you, you literally live it with them, whether you want to or not, you know? Um, so your parents were full-time ministers. Is that right? My, uh, my mom was, uh, full-time, uh, music minister, music pastor, praise and worship pastor, whatever, um, whatever the proper title is for that nowadays. But, uh, yeah. And my dad ushered and, um, it was the bulk of it was my mom. Um, my dad, uh, and I love my dad and I say this playfully. Now I, I think for a lot of that, he was kind of along for the ride. <laughs> and mm. If he was here, um, I, I think, I think he would agree with that, uh, now, but, uh, most of it was my mom because if it wasn't, music and, and praise and worship and my mom uh wrote and uh released or distributed two christian contemporary albums like full length uh albums if she wasn't doing that she and I, and part of this i'll give uh well i guess my mom and dad both kind of the entrepreneurial spirit that i have uh, i take a little bit from both of them but my mom was always a creator um not just with the music but also uh she she started a uh, quote unquote ministry in Kokomo, Indiana, my hometown. Uh, it was called the Elizabeth Program, and they would go to the projects or you know go to uh, inner city areas and find single mothers that uh, either single mothers or battered women, uh, and they'd go in and literally just uh, do like a deep clean of the house, uh, put food in the fridge, and just be a service to you know those. Uh, those ladies and young ladies, uh, you know, so if it wasn't that, then she also oversaw the, the dance team and the mime team. And, you know, so she, she definitely and now in retrospect, probably bit off more than she could chew, uh, as far as finding that healthy balance between, uh, life and work or life and ministry, you know, whatever, and, and uh, family, but th that's, that's all I knew, you know, growing up as far as, uh, church and things. Uh, other than that, uh, it, it was it was either church or sports, and there was no like it, it was we we were either doing one or the other. So I played uh, played baseball as an all state baseball player in Indi here in Indiana. Uh, played football, and if it wasn't church, it was sports. Either base like I said, baseball or football, and that's that's all I knew. You know, uh, uh, growing up until I hit about. 12 13 years old and that's when you know a lot of, a lot of the 
um, a lot of the things that I thought were normal growing up, as soon as I started to uh, meet friends, go hang out with friends, and even go hang out at other friends' homes and see, and I got to see and hear and watch how other husbands and wives communicated and how they communicated to their kids, that sort of thing. All of a sudden, like 12, 13, I'm like, hold on. Why does this look so much more different than my home? Because when we're at church, it's, uh, it's, it's the cleavers, like leave it to beaver, right? It's everything's cookie cutter, pretty, uh, just it, it, from from the outsider's perspective, it, lo- it looks like the perfect family. The, the Mills family is the perfect family, <laughs> right? And and uh, at that point, you know, my dad had purchased a home, had a white picket fence. Like it was literally like a, a movie or a sitcom to, to the outside, to a, from an outsider's point of view. But what they didn't know was within those four walls, it was literal hell, and. As I started to see and hear and experience these different um, homes and families and their lifestyles and their communication, communication patterns, things like that, I was like, hold on, something's different here. And why, why doesn't, you know, person A or person B's mom or dad talk to or treat them or each other the way we do at our home? A lot of this isn't making sense. Then, then when I saw the uh, the the validation and the love and the care that some of my friends were receiving that I didn't realize that I lacked until I started to have those experiences and be be exposed to other families, I I, I already started to become. Uh, agitated and spiteful so to speak and that that's when at like 12 13 i and being and i didn't know that then but being diagnosed bipolar i I have black and white thinking there is no gray it's it's one or the other um that's when it it turned to well i'm i'm just going to do what i want to do and what feels good to me because i'm not getting that at home Mm. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and if you have any questions, we can, uh, I'll, I'll let you ask away there, but that, that's when it, it, I, like, I still believe that there was a God and I can't tell you how many nights that I trembled still fearing hell and fearing God, but that's, that was my introduction into first, you know, smoking cigarettes, then marijuana, and then, you know, eventually being introduced to cocaine and that was just a uh, an avalanche, you know, just whoo, that that took me, you know, um, down years of you know bullshit. But that's kind of, that's kind of what led up to it. Uh, and you know, now at forty years old, and and probably being in the best place since my mom's passing, being the best place that I've been mentally in the last year, year and a half, as I continue to look back and through therapy and. and uh, trying to rewind and, and uh, recollect and, and, and understand what what periods and, and what 
things happen that were pivotal in my actions and my decision making, um, I, I can now look back and know that there there were several things which I'll, I'll get to um, here in a few minutes. But there were several things now that I understand why I did what I did and why I made the decisions uh, that that I made and were tied to the trauma or abuse. And I didn't even know it was trauma or abuse then, but I do now. So, so when you were growing up, how did your, like, how did your home life differ from those around you? Like you mentioned, there was quite a big difference. Was there, was, was your, I'm, I'm imagining that other people's houses were better living situations sometimes, or is that like, how did it differ? Great question. Um, it was, uh, the best word I can use is it, it, they, they, and there were multiple <laughs> uh, examples I had as far as friends that I would go and hang out at their house and, and, and just be able to watch and listen. Uh, the, the family dynamic was much more gentle and caring and loving and nurturing and and let let me uh you know if if, if i'm speaking as a parent uh more more of a l- let me let me help you let me help coach you or guide you rather than you know kind of the uh the the scripture i i, I would say my my mom and dad probably um uh, subscribe to the most with my brother and I is, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. It, it, it was always very heavily, mm-hmm. it was heavy, heavy discipline. It, it was very, um, almost militant, you know? And so there, there was very little, there's very little, um, gentleness, uh, care, sensitivity, empathy, um, anything like that. It was, it was, it was much more, no, we don't do this or you don't do this. And if you do this, this is what happens. These are the consequences. Uh, so when you, when you experience that and then you go and you start to, again, experience other family dynamics and your friends and how they talk to their parents and their parents talk to them. It's like, why? Well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> We're my my family is the Christian family. Mm. Why why am I just supposed to be uh, this good little soldier? Which is when I look back at it now, that is exactly was my mindset. Like why why am I supposed to be this good good little soldier and just obey orders rather than what I'm hearing and listening to and and seeing here where it's okay yes maybe you did something wrong but here here's why we don't do this or here's why you shouldn't do mm-hmm. this um and and again like i always say about my own children like uh teaching them how to think not what to think and, or, or or you know um why or, or how you should respond or how you should behave in this circumstance rather than just telling you this is how you behave. And there, there was never, 
you know, one of my favorite, uh, I, I always say there's, there's tons of, one of my favorite things my mentor uh, taught me was uh, the, the three P's in life, purpose, process, and payoff. What's the purpose? What's the process? How do you get there? What's the payoff? And, mm-hmm. and, and I saw, whether they knew it or not, I saw the parents of the other families that, that I would uh, visit or be around. And it was very much that, whether they identified it as the three Ps or, or not, they, they understood, okay, here's the, pur- here's the purpose. This is why we should or shouldn't um, talk to each other this way. Let's use that example. This is why we should or shouldn't talk to each other this way. Here's the process and how we get better at this and how we hold ourselves accountable or whatever. And the payoff is a more loving, nurturing, peaceful home dynamic, home atmosphere, which was so foreign, was so foreign to me. I, I, I was, uh, I, I grew up very, very accustomed to yelling and screaming and, um, and all the things that if there were, if it was 2022 and there was, a, there was a YouTube channel about my family um, growing up, it, it would have been a shit show. Yeah. Daddy of five kind of vibes. Uh, it, it, it may have been worse. Oof. Yeah, that's not good. Um, so I, I, I can relate a little bit, not, not to, to the extent that I remember I moved up with my dad and when I moved back to, um, to like visit, when I came back to visit my mom and my little brothers, the house was like, I got, I didn't, I got desensitized to like the, the way of communication, which was just to scream, like, get off that chair. And you're like, whoa, you're like, you're like the screaming was like, why do we, why do we have to scream about everything? And, and obviously you can see that sometimes in those situations, it's like a coping mechanism that people build, um, to, to deal with the painful situation that, that it is, um. So you were, were you, so you, you, would you call yourself a Christian through your childhood um, up to like 12, 13? Did you ever come back to God after you went on your rebellious um, uh, path? No. Yeah. I, I never stopped believing in God. That's yeah. There, there, there was, like I said, there, there were many nights or, or moments where it was still, you know, the, the, the trembling and the fear of hell, um, and, and also the fear of punishment, what, what I would get when I, when I came home, you know, uh, and, and be, be, before I go on with that, because I, 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 I want to make sure that, that, that I'm fair in this. Did, did a lot of fucked up things happen in my home growing up? Yes, they fucking did. And I won't sugarcoat it. I won't mince it. Uh, I, I, I won't try to, uh, you know, take away from the abuses and the trauma that happened. That said, I, I, before I continue to go on, I, I, I want to be fair and consistent and say, my my parents, well, first of all, my, my mom had me when she was seven, so j- just turned 17. My mom and dad were very, very young uh, when they had when they had me. Um, I, I was the firstborn, and not only were they very young, they they were doing the best that they knew to do. Even though, even though it, it, now in retrospect, it's fucked, but they were doing the best that they thought that they could do with what they were given, as far as religion and um, what they were taught. 
you know, and what they, what they observed and what they saw. And, uh, you know, more so my, my mom came from a very, very fucked up, like my, my, my story is a walk in the park compared to what my mom's was growing up, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I, I always, I always want to be, be fair and be consistent there. I, I, I know they loved me and I know that they, you know, my, my dad's still here, but I, I know my dad loves me and cares about me. Uh, and I'm, I know my mom did uh, too. That, that, that does not take away from or minimize what they did or did not do. Uh, but I, I just, I, for, for my own conscious and for, and, integrity purposes i i want to i want to throw that out there um absolutely like not people don't people rarely deliberately do things that are harmful to other people for the sake of harming other people like that's not usually people and this is this is why i have a a lot of um uh, empathy towards some forms of religious extremism because i think these people really truly believe what they're doing is right and if they believe what they're doing is right, it's like, how can you fault them? It's like, it's the, it's the system. It's the, it's the information. It's the worldview that should be attacked first because solve that and you solve the problem. And I mean, y- y- your parents, um, it seemed like they went through a lot, um, and they raised you the best of their ability and you might do the same for your kids and hopefully your kids are even better than you. And, and my kids are better than me. I, I think society should move forward in that way, but it doesn't take away the fact that you get scars along the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, Jen and I have talked about this and, and yes, there, I need to be, we need to be reasonable. Um, mm. and, and talking about what the humans do and how humans treat other humans. Right. And whether, whether they were trained poorly or coached or raised poorly, uh, that sucks. But you still have to be held accountable for your actions. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and that's where I draw the line. It's, yes, I do get this. And I do understand that these things were influential and played a part in, well, not just a part, but we're probably a, a huge reason why you did what you did, uh, made decisions that you made, acted the way you acted but it's not an excuse. You still have to stand accountable for what you did or didn't do or did or didn't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now to what you asked me, um, I, I, in that period, I, I never believed that there wasn't a God. It, it was, uh, I was very much in a place, uh, I'd become a very angry teenager. Um, and the more, the more my brain developed and the more I understood what was and or wasn't happening at home, the, the, the more angry I became. And, um, even, even rageful, you know, where it it was, there, there was true hatred. Um, and it came out in so many areas of my life and the, the one I always talk about uh, is, you know, because, you know, for all the uh, the guys that played football, you know, American football, by the way, uh, American football, uh, they, you know, they, they get a kick out of this. Uh, and, and it's now in retrospect. No pun, in- no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> <None>. <laughs> uh, but 
when I was playing, because, you know, baseball is not a violent sport, you know, by, by nature, but American football very, very much is. And in that stretch of time in my life, that football field probably at sometimes either saved my life or someone else's. Because I was able to go out there and unleash all of that hate and all of that rage, all of that anger. Wow. I remember my coaches telling me, like, Oz, you, you know this is practice, right? Like, these guys are on your team. Well, again, like I said earlier, being bipolar, first, first and foremost, I, I, there, there is no gray. There's no 50 miles an hour. It's either we're going zero or we're going 100. There's no 50 miles an hour. Uh, then you further fuel that with all of this anger and rage and angst and uh, those things. And I, my coaches loved it, like when it was game time, because I just I turned into an animal. And it, it was mm. really, um, that was my, I, I was on the hunt, right? I was on the prowl. I, I wanted to fuck somebody up. Mm. And, and I look back at that now, and I'm like, man, as, as good as it felt to hear my coaches and my peers applause that and get amped and hyped and, and all the energy and the adrenaline and, and all of that, as, as much as it felt good then and in that moment, when I look back at it now, that was really fucked up. Now, they did, I, don't, I don't hold them together. They, they had no idea. Mm. So fucked up because that was the only release that I had. Yeah. I, I had nobody to talk to. I had nobody to share any of these things with on how, how I was feeling and, and why, as soon as I put on those shoulder pads and put on that helmet, why I turned into this other thing. And, you know, the, and, and there's, there, there's other areas where, where I look back now and I, I can see where, where the, that anger, um, and that, that hate and, and all that uh, reared its head. But, but that's the one that has always stuck out to me the most because it was a, in, in my mind, I, I wasn't Austin anymore. Like I was literally like a, 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 a now I look back, I, I view myself as just this ball of hate and rage and anything that gets in front of me on the, uh, you know, on the football field, using that example. If you have that football, because I, I refuse to play offense. I was like, no, I want to be on defense. I want to hit people. Hmm. I want to fuck people up. And if you have that football in your hand, your ass is mine. Right. And, hmm. and it, it wasn't even from a competitive, like, let's win the football game mentality it was i'm here to hurt people why because i was hurt i was hurt i was hurting and hurting people hurt people yeah and that was the only like release uh that that i had or escape that i had to relieve that that because Mm. uh i'll i'll say this and then um and let you jump in because now i'm what six years six years diagnosed and treated for my bipolar um ptsd and anxiety adhd like the whole fuck i got the whole fucking rap sheet but up up to that point i'm i'm undiagnosed untreated no so at that age that was my self-medication 
Mm. I'm going to go out here and, and just fuck shit up because I feel like, I feel like off of this field, that's all that's happening to me is every day. I'm just getting more and more fucked up. Mm. It's, um, it's a, it seems I'm glad for one that you're in treatment, you got treatment for your, um, your stuff. I, I was the same. I'm, I don't, I don't talk about, I've been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety. Um, I don't have the washing hands OCD. I have the thought OCD. It's called pure O OCD. Um, mild compared to a lot of people, but it's, it still calls me to vomit at the, at the front of my house every, every few days at night from panic attacks. But, um, but I, I remember fighting off medication and treatment for a long time. And then when I finally took medication and got treatment, um, it was life changing, life saving. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I commend you on, on doing that. And I, I just want to mention that, um, Andrew said, um, boys are socialized to only accept emotion. Um, the only acceptable emotion is anger. And I, I, I somewhat agree with that, um, that, but I, I more want to touch that to, to say that men seem to think that anger isn't an emotion, that they're not being emotional. Uh, anger is an emotional response. It is emotion. It's, uh, you know, when you, when you, when, if you say to someone, you see someone angry and like, you know, getting ready to fight someone outside of a club, it'd be weird to say, oh, they're being very emotional, but it's true. It's actually what's happening. And I think that um, people people deal with deal with their internal conflicts and their cognitive dissonance and and other things that are going on inside them by needing that release. And sometimes, and I think the best way to, to the, the the idea isn't to treat the treat the uh, like the to stop you from being angry or stop you from being upset or stop you from being miserable or depressed, but tr first try and realize why you're being depressed and, and anxious maybe that's your brain chemistry if we, in, in which case go through your own therapy maybe it's you've got a horrible living situation maybe it's you're not fulfilled at work maybe it's you're holding a secret that you need to tell um it does it, to someone it, it doesn't matter what it is um you should deal with those with those things and uh, i think that for men anger it comes out most of the time with anger um and if if i can piggyback on that because that's a great point and Andrew thank you for saying that because so before I, I, I say or, or, or I, I talk about my my experience with that so my my dad I, I can remember even at 40 years old I, I think I remember my dad showing any type of emotion maybe two times in 40 years um so any, any time I felt upset, like if I felt like I needed to cry or, uh, I, I felt like I was sad, my, um, hold on, David, give me one. I, I will not lose track, but, um, I'm going to have to mute and close my windows because the train's coming. Okay. No worries. Nope. Nope. Sorry. I heard wrong. <laughs> um, downtown living, uh, but. So in, in, in not having that example in front of me that, that a man can show those emotions, you know, as far as tears and sadness or grief or whatever, um, 
I knew, I knew outside of my bedroom, it was, I, I, I felt, I was never told this, but I, I felt based on what was demonstrated to me, I felt that I wasn't allowed to do that. I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to shed tears. And, and unless pain was involved, you know, there's a punishment. There was, um, you know, there, there, uh, I'm now uh, suffering the consequences of my choices or my actions. That's the only time tears were acceptable. And now when I look back at it, there, there were so many nights and, and I, I um, actually haven't even talked about this much on, on our platform. I've, I've talked to Jenna about it um, several times, if not quite a bit, but part of my PTSD has to do with my um, abandonment and neglect issues that I didn't even know existed until therapy with my mom. And I can't tell you how many nights where our home, you know, with my dad and my brother and I, it was, it was chaotic. It was madness. And my mom's at church. You know, she, that was her drug of choice. Wow. Her, her, her drug, her escape was that church building and that microphone and that piano. And I can't tell you how many nights that I, I literally sat at the end of my bed and, um, if I could uh, <clears throat> uh, mentally draw a picture of my bedroom, you know. So if I'm if I'm sitting on my bed, there there was a a closet on the other side of my bed, and at the foot of my bed was a um, a window, and I would sit at the foot of my bed on those nights, and like as a little boy, just like bawling and wanting to know why my mom isn't there. Why why do I have to go through this? Hmm. Why do, do I have to do this? Hmm. Where where is she in the, in this? And, and why why isn't she present? Because she was always typically was was always the one in the house that would stick up for me and would uh, take the the whether it's verbal lashings or whatever would would step in the middle and and take that. But the the longer the years went by and time went by. I had less and less of that. She was there more and more. She was doing these other th ministries more and more. And it was, why, why, why are you choosing to leave me here? You know, you know the climate here. And you, you know, you know how bad this is. And you make this decision to do your drug and, and, escape this while I still have to live here and I still have to experience this. And, and yes, that fucking sucks, man. That fucking sucks when you're feeling that in the only place that you can feel those emotions and shed those tears. And I, how many times I, I punched a wall, punched my bed, punch like and feel all of those things is when you're alone, that's not healthy. That's not okay. Um, you know, so for any mom 
or dad that's out there, if, if you listen to this tonight or later you stumble upon this, don't do that. Don't do that. Let, let your kids feel all the feels, not just the ones that you want them to feel that you mm-hmm. are the most beneficial or, or going to impact them long-term. Let them feel all of those things. Let them experience all of, all of those things because it, it will eventually make them a more well-rounded, uh, more thoughtful and, and uh, more loving person because when you stymie those things and you inhibit those things man i'll just i'm the uh, i'm example number one (laughs) they build up right they they build up and and, and you 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 help to develop a, a, a giant asshole well The thing is, um, you've gone through a lot. Like you've, you, like you said, you felt, tasted, heard it all, seen it all. Um, but from what I can tell, you're a fucking awesome person now, and that's why we have you on Deep Drinks. Is because people want to know, like, how did you go through through that rough childhood, parents in ministry? How did you then deconstruct your faith? Um, what was the process of that like? How did how did you go? How did you not? How did you survive it? The reason this is called the survival guide to deconstructing is because, like, it's not an easy thing to deconstruct. Number one, number two, it's not an easy thing to deconstruct. It's not an easy thing to go through what you went through. So, so how did you do it? What was the process like for you? How did you become? How did you become the person that Jenna loves so dearly? You know, like you, you're, you, from what I can tell, you're a good person. So how did, how did that happen? Um, well, I, well, Jen, I just, I just said, I, I said, hi, um, <laughs> uh, that's an inside joke. She'll get it. But, um, <laughs> okay. But, uh, well, to kind of get, give you, cause I don't think you and I have, uh, spoke about this. So to give you kind of the, the briefly, uh, how oh, after, after, Yes. Just to, I just need to interject quickly. I'm trying really hard to keep it on track. Not really hard to keep it on track, but every time we do talk, we just we're fucking like a house on fire. We're talking, we're, we're making quips, we're, we're laughing, we're joking and stuff. And I know that we can definitely do that. So I'm trying. I'm glad. Hey man, we're 40 minutes through, and we've we're stuck on your story. We're not making you know, awesome. So uh, apologize to anyone in the future if the alcohol kicks in and we just go off totally off topic. That's my, what might happen. That's what we do in deep drinks. But please, I'll continue. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. Uh, <laughs> to uh, to lead up to that, so um, so like I said, 12, 12 or thirteen years old, uh, that 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 rebellious, angry, hateful teenager start, started to rear rear his ugly asshole self, and um, I want to say it was about night. 18, 19 years old is when I was, uh, f- fully like, like introduced to cocaine. And when I say fully introduced, like had a lot at all times sit in front of me. And, uh, I, I started off selling it and was making great money and making moves and, 
doing all this and shout out to the 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 notorious one notorious big you know he said it in the 12 crack crack commandments on his album never get high on your own supply and that is a rule in the streets that uh if that's a lifestyle that you choose please listen to what the man said because as soon as you embark on thinking that you can balance selling and using and not just using but then becoming addicted uh, you find yourself in, in in a lot of problematic situations, and I I went from a recreational user to eventually having about an eight ball, right around an eight ball a day habit. That's a lot for those that don't know that that's that's a lot of powder. Um, and September thirteenth of two thousand and two. So my birthday is September 19th, uh, September 13th, uh, kind of a pre-celebration, uh, about was it, three, four or five of my buddies took me up and we were, I was still living in Columbus, Ohio at the time. And there they have 24 hour bars. Like they never close. They just keep going and going and going. And we went and we were at that bar for damn near 24 hours. And I was on about a two two to three week cocaine bender at that point. And what I mean by bender is no sleep, no food, just cocaine and alcohol. And I, I had this really wonderful idea that uh, when I walked out of the bar, when, when we walked in, it was dark. And when I walked out, the sun was very, very brightly shining. And that's my last memory of that day. And I had this really brilliant idea that I, I, I drive better when I'm in, intoxicated and, and uh, binged out for three weeks. Cause that, you know, <laughs> that's what all of us addicts think. Um, it's that old, old saying your best thinking ended you up in jail or rehab or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, nice. And, and, you know, and I see you. Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, I, I did, I, 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 t- I attempted to, drive home and I was actually getting on the freeway and obviously I, I passed out. I, I, have, I have no recollection, but the, the, the witnesses and the, and the dump truck driver that hit me said I was already coming off the exit doing between 65 and 70 miles an hour, already just getting off the exit. And I'd already passed out. He ended up T-boning me and slamming my vehicle up into a concrete divider. And it, uh, it broke my shoulder, shattered my shoulder blade. Uh, and for those in the medical field, you know, the shoulder blade is like, I think they say it's like the second or third most difficult bone to break in your body. And if you were to see the x-ray, it literally looked, looked like somebody just took a pane of glass and dropped it on concrete. Whoa. It was just shattered. Uh, and that's why like, if you ever meet me in real life, and if I put my arms up like this arm, We'll go all the way up. This arm doesn't go nearly as far up because it's permanently dislocated from that because I didn't have insurance. I couldn't have surgery to repair everything. Um, oh, geez. That's such a foreign concept for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's a whole nother topic. But, uh, <laughs> well, I promise, I promise that when we do meet in real life, because I'm sure that I'm going to, like, next time you run a better conference or something, I'm going to have to try and fly to America. I promise I won't try and give you a double high five when we when we meet. 
We, we can as long as we keep it right here. Yeah, I had bro- I had broken every single rib on my left side, like basically uh, everything uh, from like my my waist up had been shattered, fucked up. Uh, I had collapsed my lung. All my ribs were broken. Um, they thought I had brain damage. Uh, they had uh, I was resuscitated twice, uh, once. Once in the ambulance, and then once, uh, once I arrived to the ICU. Um, so, All right. you, you you can imagine how again traumatic that is. Now, that one is one hundred percent my own doing, obviously, uh, and being an idiot, and you know, an addiction, doing what addiction does is, is taking you down uh, a. a a fucked up path, you know, with a, with a fucked up ending more times than not. Uh, but when I look back at it now, it, it was, it's even crazier to think about because when I, I did begin to uh, gain some consciousness and some awareness and, and laying in the ICU, the, the first thing that happened like the first time I, I, I kind of started to come around, I remember I woke up and my body was in shock because like of the, the, the amount of pain and everything that mm. happened, all the broken bones and yada, yada, yada. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't move. I literally thought I was paralyzed. And that particular time that, that I kind of came to or woke up, there was no doctor, no nurse, no family. It was just me in that room and I couldn't. Like I was trying to move and I couldn't move. I didn't know where I was at. I didn't know why I was there. Um, oh, jeez. And I'm trying to move and I can't. I little. I, I can't move. And I remember in that moment because this is what I was taught, and this is what I was told. I remember praying. I said, God, if I can get up out of this bed and walk, I will never do this again. Wow. I will never ever do this again. And. It was shortly after that uh, nurses of my family came in and that that's actually, it was shortly after that I coded out again. And it was quite a while after that, that, that I had consciousness and, and, and uh, the ability to, to have and retain, you know, memory. But uh, I remember that. And then after the second time coding out and when, when it, there's some type of, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, rationale, whatever's hitting me, all I know is now, now I'm surrounded not just by nurses and or doctors, but my now now my family is there and and you know in full presence. And, and yes, I'm grateful that they're there. Then they love me enough to be there, you know. But some of the first things that I remember hearing is Oz, the the only reason you're still here, the only reason you're still alive. God spared your life because he has a plan for you and you have a destiny to fulfill and you, you have a purpose to, to achieve. And in, in that moment, in the moments following that, I'm 22 years old, 23, whatever it was, uh, one, I'm still young and dumb. I'm still figuring shit out. I, I have a son that's not even a year old yet, I, I, or maybe a little over a year. 
like I, I'm you, you want to talk about traumatic and now I'm trying to figure out what do I do? What is the best thing for me, for my family, for my son? And I, I and, I, and I'm, I'm constantly being told that, it, you know, that this is the reason you're here, that you, you have this purpose. You have to, and, and as soon as I left that hospital, you know, if, there, if there's, well, the, the one thing the wreck did was save me from addiction because I, 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 I am now officially scared to death of any foreign stuff substance that has any type of uh, addictive traits or mm. um, capabilities. I, 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 I literally, if I, if I go to a party or which I very rarely do anymore, but if I go to a party or a bar or a club and I even hear a mention of cocaine or anything similar to like an upper, which is what, what mm. my, my, my choice drug was, I run, man. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. That shit almost killed me. You know, um, but I, I immediately, I, I didn't just go dab my toe in the pool of religion and Christianity again. I jumped in both feet. Like I did a fucking cannonball. Like, yeah. like if, if you think about, uh, uh, um, uh, what's what's the, the 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 kids' baseball movie? Uh, Sandlot, where he's like cannonball. That that was that was Oz. I, I yeah. haven't seen it, but I can think about it. I can think. I can understand it. <laughs> yeah, there's the, 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 a chubby kid, and he, he's jumping. He's like cannonball. That was me <laughs> into religion after that. And, and as as much as like uh, people know that whether it's late night streams that I do with reviewing content or DJing or, or freestyling, or it's, you know, interviews, the, the late night, like th that's always been me, even, even before YouTube was a thing. And it was like, I, I would spend like 24 hours just reading Romans and breaking down Romans, reading Corinthians, breaking down Corinthians. And, and I, that's just the way my brain works. Right. When, again, mm. black and white thinking. When I jump in, I, I I go all the way in. So so now I've been I've, I was I was indoctrinated, born into it. Now I'm re-indoctrinated into it. And now not only is there this quote unquote re-indoctrination, but now I owe someone something because they saved my life. And now you couple that with this fear of hell. And it's like, I, I, I now feel like I'm, uh, well, they, they would say in the prison system, state property, but I, I, I felt like I was God property. Like you, you're saving from, from, you're saving me from hell. And now you've literally saved my physical life. I I'm, I am God property. Like I, I am not my own. As Paul said, I, I'm a dead man walking. And what else am I to do with this life? But then, uh, or I'm sorry, but, but to pursue this, then. Uh, did, did, did you ahead. feel like my brain in that situation, my brain, and I've got, you know, OCD, like I mentioned, but my brain would go to, if I move even slightly off the path of God's will for my life. In fact, I'd used to just think this anyway, I'm dead. 
like I'm, I'm, I'm dead or something might happen or I might not be protected in, in, I used to, in ministry college, I used to say, covered by the blood, covered by the blood, covered by the blood. So we do risky things, go covered by the blood, covered by the blood. Um, did you feel like when you, because you kind of made that promise to God, uh, do you, did you feel like that if you ever maybe stopped attending church or maybe stopped doing what you felt called to do that you were dead or I, God would remove protection or something? The, the, wait, the, the last thing you just said is probably the best way to uh, explain it or um, put a light on it is I, I was, I was terrified that if I didn't do a, B, or C, exactly the way I was supposed to do A, B, or C. All of a sudden, like the 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 hedge of protection, uh, yeah, would be lifted or removed or, um, you know what have you, and, and yeah. So I, I I lived, yes, I I lived a life always worried about fucking up. I did every day. Every fucking day, every decision I made, um, it, it was constant anxiety. And, and am I doing or saying the right thing? You know, am, uh, am, I, am I following this or pursuing this thing? That, because they, they're all telling me that God has, like, God has ordained me and... Like, like uh, spared my life because I have this, this crazy calling or, or destiny. And, you know, after that, I had, I can't tell you how many pastors and prophets that, you know, preached, prayed, and even prophesied over me that, like, I was going to be uh, similar to the Apostle Paul and that I was going to be one that, that travels the world and helps to plant new churches and grow new churches and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, I never signed up for that. I don't even know what that fucking means, but because I feel like he's saving me from hell and he saved my life. I, I feel like I have to, to, to act accordingly <laughs> and behave <laughs> accordingly, you know, and, and, and be the, this best Christian that, that I know how to be. And, and you know, so there, there was, there, there was, uh, I will say about nine, nine years, 10 years after that, um, going into my, my thirties where it, it was a relentless pursuit and that that's, it's in that time frame really that I really became more knowledgeable of the, you know, the Bible and the text and theology and doctrine and, and those things and, and just started taking more and more classes on it and, and studying uh and I'll, I'll say this real quick because it's it's really not that pivotal of a moment but but now and when, when i look back at it it did it it did because there's there's these there's the little things that if you think about like a, uh somebody's windshield on their car like sometimes you just get a little like like tink, like a little pebble hits it <laughs> and it starts off where you can just hit, see the little mark where the pebble hits it right but then eventually that thing starts to spread yeah the, the 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 shatter effect or whatever you want to call it like the 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 thing starts to to get bigger um the the the, the pastor of the church that i that i was at that not only was my pastor but 
uh, was one of my Christian mentors and he taught the classes that I went to. Uh, he was one of those that, you know, uh, prayed or prophesied over, over me and, and even prophesied over our hip hop group, by the way, our Christian hip hop group. But, um, he found himself smack dab right in the middle of a sex scandal. And wait, like, was he a particip participant in a sex scandal? Uh, uh, accused, accused. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I'll, for, uh, for, for time and staying on topic, I'll, I'll just say yes. Uh, uh, accused. And <laughs> yeah. When, um, when that happened and now when I look back at it, I was like, God damn, man, all the evidence was there. But because formerly the, this same pastor had the entire church for those that wanted to do this, uh, they, they had like this, um, they, they literally like created or purchased like this, like, like it looked like an ancient, ancient scroll. And you signed your name on that scroll if you were committing yourself to that house and that oh that's so it's fun and cringe at the same time like it's oh, um... crazy bro it's fun it's, <laughs> it's fun crazy. so th that's the same pastor right so um and i i still have a song i i, I might have it on, uh, i don't think it's on this computer but i actually wrote a song like in, in my Again, my, my, my mom as a Christian artist was a very like front lines of the battle, like spiritual warfare. She was that oh, kind yeah. of artist, right? Yeah. And obviously that bled into my my writing, my music, because that's my mom when I was doing Christian hip hop. And I, I remember I, I'd even written a song like in defense of our pastor at that point because I was like, this, <laughs> this is bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. But, but now it's like, oh but did you God. say bull hoo ha or something? Like, did you say like, you bet, you bet your gosh darn rear end. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I look back at that and it's like, oh, that's laughable because all the evidence was there. So the, the reason I bring that up is because I, I view that now in retrospect as that first little pebble that hit the windshield. Yeah. I, it's not until now that I realized what that, what that did to the way I asked questions and the way I started to view Christian leadership. So it was the pastor's sex scandal that kind of was that first pebble, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cause here's, because I, I started to learn after that, that why, why am I, why am I putting men on a pedestal? Why am I putting humans on a pedestal? Because they are not God. Mm. Which we'll get into the God part uh, here shortly. But that that started to already cause me to change the way that I thought and ask questions. And, and I didn't I didn't even know what the word. I mean, I, I knew of the word skeptic or skeptical back then, but I didn't understand it in its in its application the way I use it today. Mm -hmm. But now looking back at it, I, I did that, that. That was the first thing that because it hit home, right? That shit hit home. That landed on my front porch, and it made me start to doubt. 
what the people that I respect the most and that I think are supposed to be my examples, what they're doing and mm. versus what the Bible says. And here, here I'm, I'm scared to death. I'm scared to fucking death, David. I'm scared to death. I'm trying to do every goddamn thing that Bible talks about because I'm scared to death. And you, you're called to be an apostle, right? Yeah. And, and, and he was, and like his business card his at, if you go to his church website, it like, he's an apostle, uh, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> but it's like, hold on. I'm, I'm literally scared to death and I'm trying to live out and walk out this Bible the best and the most accurately that I can, like the, the most dogmatic approach that you could possibly have. Meanwhile, you're coaching and teaching and mentoring me and you're out here banging. You're out here banging. Yeah, Come on, bro. Come on. I know it it, 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 it sent my head into a whirlwind. I don't understand people who can't be dogmatic with their religion. I don't. I don't personally understand it. I was. I was a little bit like you, where I. I, I didn't. The second half of your life, I, I don't know how people could be like, oh yeah, there's a heaven and there's a hell, and most of my family and friends are going to be burning in hell forever. But oh, do you want a family guy? Like, I don't know how someone isn't like panics and like well, not panic, but like trying to do everything they can to, you know, this life as a doormat. Wipe your feet on it before you go into the afterlife. You want to bring as many people with you uh, I, I don't understand how people can say oh i i believe this is all true and not have read the whole bible or not have read or not have um you know pray you know it's to me it's 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 it makes no sense um but i have to say uh oh i'm sorry man i i, I think that um was a true prophecy i just looked up the definition of apostle and it's uh, a vigorous and pioneering advocate or supporter of a particular policy idea or cause tangang that's it maybe that was your life's mission tangang the atheist network group you're the apostle for the atheist network group i'm the apostle and, oz <laughs> oh apostle oz i we need to get you a little like pope's hat and like a pope's hat and robes the next better conference if i don't see you on stage as like apostle oz with the i'm gonna lose it that's we need to get someone onto that now that's like that's in, that's an important thing that we need to do that's that's uh it's your, it's your calling you know um <laughs> jenna uh jenna queue up uh queue up the new um visuals and the new marketing material <laughs> yeah it's so good apostle hashtag apostle oz Oz. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's so good. If someone if someone photoshops a photo of Oz in the Pope's outfit, I will um retweet the shit out of that 100%. Okay. Um I <laughs> I don't <laughs> okay. Um so so uh there's so many things, there's so many tangents. I I do I was going to save this for the end, but let's have a fun aside. Who are your favorite? Who are the best Christian rappers? I need to know. Like I've got, I've got my camp, but I need to know who you think the best Christian rappers are. And I'm not talking like, you know, DC Talk or someone who you're like, oh yeah, they're also Christian. I'm talking about like crazy like people. Hold on, hold on. And again, Jenna will get this. She can explain the chat. I, I Wendell, he 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 just said DC Talk. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. Uh, Windows. Windows. Uh, he he replaced God. 
Um, that's my imaginary <laughs> friend that I talk to when I'm okay. baffled, baffled by what someone says. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my my favorite. Well, let's say so. I'll, I'll give you my first like two, two or three like actual like seriously my favorite uh, Christian hip hop artists, and then the three that I think are just like why the fuck did anybody let you into a recording booth? <laughs> my my all time favorite is. Uh, Emmanuel Lambert, or his stage name, uh, is the Truth. Uh, he, okay. Uh, I felt like he he revolutionized Christian hip hop as far as about the same time that Jay Z's like Blueprint album, um, a little bit before that, what was banging off. He, he was a shit. Uh, and then uh, the other is someone that uh, hopefully here in the future we're gonna have on our uh, on on Tang Tang Gang, and that's Fanatic from Cross Movement. Uh, he okay. he and one other gentleman were the the founders of Cross Movement, which uh, if I haven't heard these names for so the, many years, the the best to remember Fnatic and Cross Movement, they would be like the original either um, uh, yeah. Wu Tang Clan or uh, uh, um, or or uh, uh, um, No Limit. It'd be no limit yeah. Wu Tang, uh, depending on who you're listening to. Uh, it'd be that, and then um, number three, uh, probably a lot of people, even Christians, probably aren't familiar. But the, the dude is ridiculous. Mars Ill. Okay. Uh, it was a Christian hip hop artist. That dude is. I, I don't know if he's still writing today, but that dude lyrically was a fucking genius. Genius. Yeah. Um, as far as the other ones that should have never uh stepped in a booth, or oh, even, I'm hoping I'm hoping you're not gonna say who my favorite one is. Go, go, uh, be behind a goddamn microphone. Uh, f- first of all, if uh, if you've ever heard of T Bone, um, just okay, no. uh, j- just throw that shit in the trash and and do do actually do a an official church burning, like burn that shit to the ground. It's it's bullshit, you don't want to hear it. Uh, the the other one that, that uh, he was a complete make believe Christian hip hop artist. What I mean by that is he just bit and bit and bit and robbed and robbed and robbed and stole from a, an artist that, that we know as Slim Shady, Eminem, or Marshall Mathers is KJ Five Two. KJ Five Two, right? Yeah. Get the. Fuck. He had he had that one good one two good songs. Dear Slim Part One and Part Two. They were okay, right? But no, you don't reckon? Ah, oh, come on, they were right. As far as the Christian rap goes, like you know, <laughs> you're scraping the bottom of the bar. Like you're already starting at such a low point. Like I, I said, I said I, it's I, like Marilyn Manson nursery rhymes. It doesn't make sense. Not Marilyn Manson nursery rhymes or Christian hip hop. It's like what? Like yeah, and keep going. Yeah, I, I I told you I was starting at the bottom of the barrel. Like they should have never even been introduced to the studio booth. <laughs> no, uh, it was all right. I disagree. Uh, we we will agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the see that the the third one would be tough, but the the third one. Oh please! Uh, oh, this one's tough. But the third one, and I, I'm going to say this because I, I think it's a joke that you try to, or anyone would try to bounce back and forth between Christian hip hop, secular hip hop, Christian hip hop secular hip-hop and, and god damn it mace shut the fuck up oh, okay okay i don't i don't know who that is 
yeah, just so. So who are you? Who are you thinking? Cray, Lecrae. How did you not mention Lecrae? Trip Lee. Um, well, hold, on, uh, hold on. When I when I you, you asked me, you gotta remember. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm not thinking hype. I'm I'm thinking lyrical abilities. Oh so, so yeah. Lecrae, Trip, Lecrae, and Trip are legit. Like they're they're the ones that that uh, if they were secular hip hop, they're 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 writing and creating those like club bangers. Like they're not lyrical geniuses, right? They're they're, they're, oh, they're hard disagree. I, I have you heard the album Rebel? Don't waste your life. Like yeah. that song, Don't waste your life. I, it's I, insane. I probably, probably listened to it on repeat eight thousand times. I, I know exactly. Oh, dude. Oh, I'm gonna have to start listening to it again. I might get saved. Then, then, uh, then what? Then what would you say? Oh Jesus! <laughs> now nah, I I really liked Lecrae um, for a few I, years. I, I loved his Rebel album Rehab and stuff. I think it was because he was unapologetically Christian. He he didn't, he didn't just sprinkle it in, but he was like quoting Bible scriptures and you know being. So, and what I like about him now is he's um, you know, he does videos on like BLM and and things like that. With obviously it's it's quite a christians are usually quite against blm and they're quite right wing and things where he he kind of well he's black himself but like it's kind of like he seems to he seems to be this is so hard because I, I do this with a lot of christian people but he's good he's the best of a bad bunch in my in regards to like his opinions i think like he's not he's not brain dead like um some of the people who are really popular um uh, yeah, so, so yeah I, I i like him yeah and for, yeah for, for the record like i, I even to, even up to today I, I, um i'm a fan of lecrae and trip simply because not not only are they great at the at the art fuck the content what they're talking about they, they are great at the art and not only that they're like they're awesome humans they're mm. awesome people and you know when we and we probably won't have time to get into it but when we had our um, our Christian hip hop group, there, there was several of those guys that we got to open up for and we got to meet and, and get to know. And, and there, there's some of them that there, there's some of them that I named are giant fucking assholes. And, um, I would say that to their face and there's other ones, uh, in, and uh, the truth, Emmanuel Lambert being one of them, they not, not only are they great at what they do, they're just cool fucking Good people. Cool yeah. People. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, so regarding your back on track as i pour myself some more more whiskey um as you're deconstructing your faith maybe we can move to the part where like what were the you we've, we've had the crack now but what was the how did you start to process your deconstruction yep and, and uh, I, I will apologize i, I can be long-winded uh and getting <laughs> to this all. but uh I so after after that crack in the windshield, I, I, had, I had several years where I like still going to church and doing those things, but I wasn't nearly as um should I say involved, you know, as far as like being part of this ministry, being part of this ministry or whatever, you know. Um, but but I was I was still doing the good Christian thing and going to church and showing up and yada yada. Uh and my my brother had launched his church here in fort wayne and i was the 
Christian anti-Christian at that point where it was, I don't, I was in that phase where I was like, I don't need a church building. I don't need a pastor to be a Christian. I can pray and believe in my own home and blah, 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 right? Like all that shit, right? And my brother had reached out to me and said, bro, I don't have a sound guy. And we're getting ready to launch in a week, two weeks, whatever it was. I know you don't like church, but will you come and just help me as your brother? Because I need a sound guy. And I was like, you know what? I'll do that for you. Here's the caveat. Let all your peoples know that when I show up, I'm going to have my pack of cigarettes. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be me. And if one of them pops off, I will call them out in a heartbeat. So just give, give that warning shot. Let, let, let them know. Just a side note, the, my, my favorite thing is is your sass. I love how fucking sassy you are. It's awesome. It makes me laugh so much. I, I love it so much. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, quick side point, the, the, the first service that we had, uh, I, and I did it deliberately. Uh, we, we had like this, this um, uh, fold out, uh, foldable table, whatever, uh, that the sound... That, that was our sound booth. Was it like a, a foldable card table? And uh, I put the, the the case with the soundboard and shit on there, and I threw my pack of Newports on the table, like just as a, I wish a motherfucker would. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, one of the one of the guys that was like one of the ush, er, ushers, ushers, whatever, uh, went and my brother had told me this like later that week or whatever, but he, he went up to my brother. He's like, um... They call him PK. His name's Kyle. So Pastor Kyle, PK for short. Uh, PK. Um, should should I ask your brother to maybe put his cigarettes like in his pocket or like in one of the bags that he has? Like, should should I do that? And and Kyle was like, nope, nope, don't, <laughs> don't, don't say a word. Just yeah, yeah. that shit right where it's at but anyway that, that's yeah that's they shouldn't cool. have they should have just quoted romans 4 3 where it says thou shalt not smoke darts that's what it says so that's that's verbatim, <laughs> yeah. verbatim. uh that, that's a, a a funny side point but anyways so i started there and the more i was there uh and the more love bombing that i received the more i felt myself like i missed this community thing and I miss this embrace. And I, I you know, I, I've never really played, like even when I played sports, I never, I never did like solo, single sport. Like it was always a team thing. I've always, I've always appreciated that team dynamic and building together. And that started to draw or woo me. You know, back. And next thing you know, I go from just running sound and being the, 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 the angry Christian anti, you know, organized religion Christian to where now all of a sudden I, I'm, I've went full circle again and now I'm fully involved and now I'm the full-time drummer. And not only am I a full-time drummer, you fast forward a little more, uh, I'm overseeing all the, I, I am the small group leader. Like I'm, I'm overseeing all the small groups. Uh, I'm now an assistant youth 
leader, director, whatever it was. Uh, I'm speaking in any of the uh, inner city outreaches that we do. Um, anything that had to do with uh, those suffering with uh, addiction or homelessness or what, like uh, I was often, not all the time, but often called upon because of now my background and my story to be one that, that, that speaks and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and it was, it was a good, oh man, I don't remember how many years that, that I, I was, and I was the only drummer, right? And the, the reason I'm emphasizing that now is I'm a build into what, so we, we, we talked about the pebble in the windshield and now what really started to shatter or, or, uh, start to really punch holes in that, that, that windshield or, um, uh, wall of faith, so to speak. As a drummer, especially an ADHD drummer, I don't, I didn't, I do now, but I, di- I didn't necessarily pay attention to the words of the music. Because my responsibility is to worry about the twos and the fours. Because as a drummer, if I'm not consistent, everything gets fucked up. Right? And every, every time I practiced at home by myself, even, you know, with the team, it's and I have twos and fours, twos and fours, twos and fours. And there happened to be, thank you, God, there happened to be this Sunday, it, which was a rare, it may have been the only time that I remember this happening. I didn't have to play drums. I didn't have any small group responsibilities. I didn't have any youth group responsibilities, like like nothing. And it may, may have been the one and only time that that ever happened. And church starts. And now is the drummer that never paid attention. The small groups director that never paid attention to the lyrics. I, I start to listen to the words of this music. And I was like, hold on. Hold on. This isn't in the book, y'all. What are we talking about? The next song played. And I, I literally remember feeling myself like start to, you know, you, you, you when you're getting frustrated, mm. anxious at the same time, like your body, like you start to like tighten up and flex, so to speak. I felt my body. It was like, whoa, what are we doing? How, how did I not know this? And, and part of me was like, I, I felt irresponsible. Because here, I, I've, I've been playing drums to this shit for fucking years and never really paying attention. And I'm like, this shit's not in the Bible. Then the third song, final song they played, I'm like, this shit for sure is nowhere in this book. What, what was it? Oh, it, it was, it was. well, I, I think you and I kind of joked about this uh, before, but it, it was almost like lovemaking to God. Like there was no script. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in love with you. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, I want to rub you or love you or you know. And I'm exaggerating right now. But <laughs> okay. Just this weird shit where it was like this isn't in the book, man. And mm-hmm. my my mom was a former praise and worship. Like she she drilled proverb uh, psalms and proverbs in, in uh, psalm and proverbs into my brother's head. 
this shit's this shit's not there. What 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 are we doing? And then I remember my brother got up. They did you know tithes and offering all that. And I don't, I don't remember what the 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 exact scriptures were that, that he used. And I I know I know. I know I do know my brother one of he he would he would never get up and just purposely like uh share like like bullshit and and, and try to build things upon uh bad eisegesis, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he he wouldn't go out of his way to do that. But he he shared a scripture, then shared another scripture, and it was like a smack in the face. It was like and I was like, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, bro. You shared this, but what about this scripture? And then there was one more he shared towards the end of that sermon. And I was like, oh, man. What? Uh, David, what, why? Why? Why, why are we doing that? Why, why are we putting band-aids on band-aids? Why, why are we reading into this text what we want it to read instead of talking about what it actually says? And I made a commitment to myself that day because I have no other responsibilities. When I leave here today, I'm going to go buy a brand new Bible that doesn't have my highlights and my notes and all, all the shit from my indoctrination and all that in there, I'm going to go by it and I'm going to start from the beginning. And I'm going to do the best that I can do to get through this and read it with the removal of the lenses of indoctrination, of Christian, uh, uh, Christian apologetics, and, and so on and so forth. I barely got out of numbers, maybe a little further, but barely got out of numbers, and I'm already my my brain is already melting because now because now I'm not it's it's not I'm not applying all this bias where it's like I'm I'm not just reading the I'm not just reading the Bible and then books written by biblical. Uh, theologians or uh, historians, so they call themselves. But now I'm starting to compare and contrast it to those from the other side. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And, and, and I would be a liar to say I wasn't scared to death. Hmm. Because now you're fucking with everything that I've been taught. And the uh, kind of the final... Uh, knockout to give it a, a fast forward. So that, that happened. It was about a year, two years after that. Like I, I, I didn't say anything to anyone about where I was at and my questioning and all this skepticism. And I, I, I was scared to death to say anything to anyone. And then my uh, now ex-wife, the, the the mother of my children, we we were going through our divorce and. Uh, I'd got an apartment here downtown, not the one I'm at now, but uh, a different one. And th- this was th- this was the 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 Mike Tyson knockout punch, like 
all the, all, all the walls, all the faith, all the bullshit crumbled. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, pursue truth. And uh, I want to believe more true things than not. And uh oh, that's a bad sign. You shouldn't do that as a Christian. First, first, you fucked up. You should just believe in your heart, have faith. God just wants to love people, etc. Absolutely, and, and this is where this is usually where the story ends. Uh, it is. I was I was sitting. It was it was a. Uh, it was a Sunday evening. And I was, uh, it wasn't the live, it was uh, recorded uh, versions, but there was uh, a, an episode of the atheist experience that I'd stumbled upon. And, and again, remember, it's still that, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm to the best that I can with all this indoctrination and still fearing that this God may have saved my life and trying to save me from, like, I'm still scared as fucking hell, right? And, there was a there, there was three colors. There, there was a first one. The middle one had nothing to do with it, and then then a third color called in. Uh, and, and quickly, uh, and I'll wrap this up. The, the first one called in, and they they talked about Hosea. Uh, I think it's Hosea eleven, and they said, you know, uh, well, the color called in. And, and Matt Dillahunty brought up Hosea eleven, where the the child's head is uh, smashed upon the stone and the unborn babies are ripped out of the mother's wombs and there's other atrocities in there. And I, David, I, I remember like it was yesterday. I remember I was like, I hit my space button. I was like, pause, pause. This dude is full of shit. This is not in the Bible. He is making this shit up. This is bullshit. So what do I do? I, I, I have my, my little NIV. I open my Bible. I go to the scripture reference that Matt had provided. And, and again, I'm, I'm by myself in my apartment. I, I pulled up, I read it. I'm like, fuck. 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 And, and I remember I hit, the, I hit the space button again to play. And there was a, a caller after that one. And... Like I said, that, that one wasn't meaningful or impactful in that. But then the next color, <laughs> the next color called in, and Matt did what, what one one of his one of his best arguments as far as the way he approaches it. Uh, he went straight to Exodus twenty one. Oh, uh, yeah. And I had never heard that preached. I had never heard that taught. Who would preach that? Who would preach that? Exactly. No one. No one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? Exactly. No and and i remember like david i remember in my living room in my apartment my one bedroom apartment again i'm you you would have thought that after the first one i would have learned my lesson but after that one i'm like fuck this dude this ball-headed motherfucker he just hates, <laughs> he just hates i know me. i know so many people who like who like the first time i show them like yeah like no, I don't agree with him. He's he's an arrogant asshole and whatever. I'm like, oh well, do you want to talk about the scriptures? No, no, he's uh... a. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> I was like, this boy, he just fucking hates God. He just hates God. There, this is not again. Remember, I I already said this about the first one. This shit's not in the book. This shit, I've never read this shit in the Bible. 
I've never saw this shit in the Bible. So again, I hit the space bar, I pause it, and I go to Exodus 21, and I, I read it two times. And it was at the end of the second time that everything fell apart. Everything wow. fell apart. Because I had to ask myself, is is this is this what I'm believing in? Is this yeah. what I'm aligning with? Yeah. And not and, and not only that, that that's the, the most fucked up part. But am I willing to attribute my life to give my life to sacrifice my life for you're sacrificing your humanity yes for those who don't know excess 21 talks about slavery how you can own slaves you can beat them as long as they don't die within a few days and how you can keep them forever if you drive an all through their ear and right. keep away their family from them yeah right and do i do i want to dedicate my 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 life to that and do i want to represent that as as someone where majority of my f- friends are are not me. They're they're not cis white forty year old males. <laughs> you know, do do I want to first and foremost represent that? And do it. Is this what I want to teach my kids? Mm. Is is this what I want to pass along to my children? Is this type of hate and bigotry and 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 just shitting on other other humans for? what god right and i i remember like it was yesterday i sat back because i was on my sofa i sat back on my sofa and i was like that's it i i there's no good reason to believe this there's no good reason to align with this because any god any religion any whatever that's going to promote this and justify this, I want nothing to do with. I want nothing to do with, and that's uh, that's when um, I'll I'll wrap that up uh, for a more uh, on a more humorous uh, note. Uh, but that's when the atheist asshole was born. That was my that was my original screen name. It was not. Uh, it was my childhood nickname. It was when I came out. I was I was the atheist asshole because I was like fuck <laughs> all of you. But yeah, that, that's that's when everything fell apart, bro. It, it was all by myself in my apartment, and you know Hosea eleven and Exodus twenty one be, being shared like that, which I'd never heard, uh, fucked my entire world. It's um, I feel like everyone goes through when they first become an atheist. They go through um, what I like to call a um. The, like it's like not like debate bro but it's like um edgelord atheist atheist like there's like an edgelord atheist days you go through like two years of being an edgelord atheist where like you like love to like snicker at like religious people and like quote things like it takes a good man to do good things and a bad man to do bad things but for a good man to do bad things that takes religion and just stuff like that you're like yeah yeah atheist edgelord yeah i feel like everyone goes through that because you're told this lie right like you're told this thing and then what's more frustrating and this is i'm not sure if you dealt with this yourself but you're like okay like there's some subjects in the bible that talk about slavery we believe in the god of the bible therefore either the bible is wrong or like it's not accurately representing god or 
we should own slaves. Either way, I've got to correct something. And then you go talk to someone about it. And then the answers they give you are ridiculous. That was for a time. Um, but also, God hates uh, F slur. God hates gays. Uh, that wasn't for a time. But slavery was for a time. Um, you know, um, divorce was for a time. You know, we're forgiven. It was. I had a lady who'd been divorced like three times. I live with, and she's she was getting married. She ended up getting married to a Nigerian prince, and she lost like hundreds of thousands of dollars, legitimately. And when I asked her about divorce, she said no, because on the cross Jesus said it is finished. And then I was like, okay. And then I was like, but, but like you told me to throw out my video game that had witchcraft in it it was the skyrim expansion i literally snapped this brand new game that i had and threw it out because it had magic in it and i'm like this is interesting so for me it's so frustrating and i'm, I'm sure you experience this where the people you go to to talk to about this this shit that's in the bible give you the most dog shit non-answers or oh the other thing um Oh, women not having authority over a man and not speaking in church and shutting the fuck up and only talking to their husbands. That was for a time. That's not for now. Joyce Meyer, amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, look at her beautiful um, plastic surgery ridden face. It's praise be the Lord. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's the battlefield of the mind. And then you're like, okay, so can gays get married? No. No, that's not. God destined to be a male and a female. Fuck off. Like, you homophobic racist, bigoted, smooth brain, knuckle-dragging piece of shit. Like, this is... You're not preaching the Bible anymore. You're preaching your own morals that you pick and choose what biblical morality you like to use with. Fuck. Normally, I rant at, like, 40 minutes in when I've had some alcohol. Obviously, that rants at, like, an hour and a half, so it's a bit more spicy than normal, but yeah. Well, and, and let me... Uh, no, because now, now you're going to... You're just going to... You're going to tee me up. So, this is... And this is what I'll tee say. Up, baby. They're... they're I don't give a fuck. Let me let me make sure I'm clear. I don't give a fuck what time frame, what cultural time frame, what period of life or period of history that that someone may or may not have grown up in, or and or experienced. Uh, I, I I don't I don't care where you come from. Owning people's property is fucked. Owning yeah. humans as property yeah. is fucked. And if you want to defend that and you want to die on that hill, I'll meet you at the top of that hill and I'll crucify you. No, Oz, you're mistaken. It's just I'm I'm owned by my employer. Then fuck your employer. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, it's not the same. <laughs> It's like people like to say, like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm a slave to my employer." It's like, "No, you're not. You can quit. <laughs> you're not. You're not like." Well, you're not. No, that's what I mean by that. Well, fuck yeah. Up. Walk away. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't. You don't have to be there. Yeah. Be, these these people didn't have a goddamn fucking choice, man. Mm. That is ownership of a human, and again, probably- I don't care. What what your cultural norms were way 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 back in the day? Yeah, that still does not mean owning a human as property is acceptable. That is okay. Fuck you. And second off, the the one you brought up is, is, as far as women can't speak when they're in church. Women can't 
blah, 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 blah. Okay. You, you know what I know? Here, here's what I know. Jenna can speak at, at, and she's, and she's a lady and she can speak in this church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Church. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I would refer to her on most topics. Like uh, I'd prefer she speaks. Uh, she, she's much more sound and, and uh, elaborate than I am, but you don't you, you don't get to you don't get to minimize someone's voice just because you're scared because you're scared that they may be smarter than you you're scared that that their voice may be more influential or more powerful than you are and here is the problem with religion and yes now I'll say not just christianity but Islam, fuck both of you when it comes to the way you treat women mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to silence and quiet and tell them that they're not worthy and they shouldn't talk and they shouldn't speak unless you give them permission. Oh, that's that's cute. That, that That's cute. Because all of that is, all that is, is more abusive behavior, more controlling behavior. And you line up, you you directly line up with the gods that you prescribe to. Is there they're gaslighting, abusive, controlling, manipulative assholes? And that's exactly how you're performing. So congratulations. And I, I feel sorry for the I, I feel sorry for their partners and the people that they have to to, to choose to spend the rest mm-hmm. of their life with because that that shit's gonna be uh disgusting. It, it's not just Islam. Like most, like I- Islam is bad. Is bad. Like fundamentalism of most religions is bad, in my opinion. Um, but it, you know, it's 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 uh, Hinduism has the caste system, right? Um, Buddhism has some shitty things as well. Like the, the, the and my understanding, and I say this over and over and over again, is religion is one of the most is beautiful and um, amazing and and awesome and interesting and until you think it's true as soon as you think it's true and these are divine things from god as soon as you stop viewing it as like humanity's first attempt to try and understand the cosmos and organize society and and yeah there's some there was some shit that was a bit fucked up back then until you start start seeing it as like divine commands from god that people should be separated into groups or i mean i know that there's some apologists right now typing in the comments saying well actually the caste is or islam is well actually god like i know there are ways to get around all this stuff but if you take a fundamentalist perspective on these things and you go yeah there should be caste system there should be um women should be subservient to men and all that stuff like it's it's um it, 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 you're making the creator of the universe look like a moron not just a moron but you're making the creative of the universe look like a a misogynistic ma- racist maniac and i'm sitting here saying if there is a creator of the god stop teasing god it's not okay like it's not cool man like the, if there's a creator of the universe you're just you're saying some really fucked up shit about the creator of the universe if you think the creator of the universe represents the, that of what's talked about in the bible or the quran holy shit you need to back off like stop teasing the creator of the universe all right like like it's, I come on the defense of the creative universe because obviously there will be nothing like what's described in any of the holy texts that we currently have access to. Um, so that's my little second rant. Oh my god, I'm going many many rants today. I do want to I do want to move on though to 
advice for people like we'll go into a bit of a Q&A but we'll have some advice for people who may be deconstructing their faith and and what advice you'd give them um um and then I've got a few questions if anyone's got some questions make sure you pop them in the um in the chat and we'll get to them but um first of all what advice would you give to yourself when you first started deconstructing when you first were looking at as you as you say that person was saying the bold man on tv who was um you know what would you what would you say to to um to yourself oh the the, the first one's easy therapy 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 um proper medical therapy too not like your yes. church counselor talking to you like no proper yeah. oh no, no 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 yeah let me make this clear for, for those listening now or you listen in the future uh we uh so 10 gang the atheist network group our youtube channel we we have an ex uh, we have access to uh several not just secular but atheist uh therapists and and they do remote sessions so if you in your area you can't find it please by all means hit us up the email is yep. tang gang at gmail.com please 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 I, I want to send you in that direction because if you're if you think you're going to get honest answers from a therapist or honest insight from a therapist that has their their own religious interest in mind you're out of your goddamn mind it's 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 not going to happen the, the bias will protrude um oh. it, it will it will show uh at the end of the day there's a link here that Jenna put up. That's the link. Um, also, links will be in the description. I'll put them in after the fact for those people watching. Um, someone from my Discord server who I'm friends with, uh, Mr. Bootleg, also asked before, um, what about the claims that atheist um, Tom Holland, that uh, by atheist Tom Holland, that Christianity helped abolish slavery? Um, so they asked that before. I would say um, they helped... Um, they helped abolish. Yes, no, it's it's true. It's the Jordan Peterson talking point. Christian, there were Christians that helped abolish slavery, but they were doing that in spite of their religion. They were doing that in spite of Christianity. They were doing that because they were good people, not because of anything they read in the Holy Text, not because of anything Jesus said, not because of anything Moses said, not because of anything that was written in Exodus or Numbers or Deuteronomy or um, Matthew or or what Paul said. They were doing it in spite of their religion. Um, but yes. Stop that. I don't know. Sorry, I do not know what this is. What's in this? But it's making me extra spicy today because uh, I'm getting fire uh, fired up. Spicy. But uh, Mr. Bootleg, uh, um, I appreciate the question, and this is not directed at you. That this is directed at this narrative. There were people that called themselves Christians that played a part in abolishing slavery fucking that that's awesome that's awesome I, I i'm glad that they provided their voices and their influence to help to 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 end that atrocity and end that fucking bullshit that does not mean therefore christianity as a whole did anything Because we still know that not only did the Bible endorse, yes, endorse, but Yahweh God actually gave the commands 
on how to treat the slaves. But then in the New Testament, where the Christians, the, the new the, the new day Christians in 2022 love to say, well, Christ came to fulfill the law and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, you, you I'm not going to all that, but you already fucked that up. That's not what it says. That's not at all what it says. It is, does not say that he came to uh, to to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law, but he he said, "I did not come to abolish it, but to actually uphold it." And you you don't get to change it. Not one iota, not one pen stroke. You don't get to. Bam bam bam. Did the <laughs> Old Testament endorse slavery? They answered the question is yes. Um, For anyone who's interested, I recommend Dr. Josh's book. It Absolutely. is, it's a breezy read. Look at this bad boy. Like it is. I've, I've read yeah. that like three or four times now. I think it yeah, is. it's amazing. Uh, uh, but the, the, even in the new Testament, keep this in mind, neither Jesus or Paul. And, and I believe that uh, once the new Testament kicked in and Paul came about, uh, we're, we're not talking about Christianity anymore. We're talking about Paulinism. Um, that this isn't about Christ anymore. It's all about Paul. But, uh, Neither of them, neither of them, nor Yahweh stepped on the scene like, listen, motherfuckers, slavery is wrong. It's done. And if you fucking do it, you're going to burn in hell. Like, yeah. they, 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 they done that. Just, just think about this. Hold on, David. Think about this. Just like they do with the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. The, they, they say you will not inherit, inherit the kingdom of of God. Why the fuck did Yahweh, Jesus, or Paul not say, not only will the LGBTQ plus community not inherit the kingdom, but if you are a slave owner or if you promote slavery, you will also not inherit the kingdom of God. Why the fuck was that left out? They don't they don't say that. They 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 literally like so so <clears throat> all right. I'm talking to God right now and I'm like, God, yes. the God of the Bible. Yes. Is it okay if I, when, when my nation rapes and pillages and or pillages, let's say pillages a nation, that I take the virgin girls for myself? Is that okay? As a New Testament Christian, yes. Okay, so once I've taken the virgin girls for myself, can I? And I've kept them as slaves. Um, there, as long as they're not Hebrews, do I own them for life? Yes. Okay. 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 All right. Now, next subject. I don't, I'm not sure I'm too into my wife, um, but there's this dude down the road named John, and I kind of love him. Is that okay? No. Right. Okay. I just wanted to get those two things clear. So, take the virgin girls, rape, rape and pillage. Take the virgin girls. Take, keep them for yourself. Loving someone of the same sex. No. Bad, naughty, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh jeez. Um, I, 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 I have some some fun questions for you. Okay, to to wrap this up. All right. What is the most plausibly true religious worldview that you don't subscribe to? Um, is that a comment? Like, I can. Re I'm better when I read. 
Oh, sorry. It's not a comment, but I'll, these are my ones that I put in. Um, oh, okay. So, so just, just say it again. So sometimes it takes me two, two or three times. I'll, I'll add it. I'll add the thing. What is the most plausibly true religious worldview that you don't subscribe to? So, like, none of them. Well, what's the most? Well, if you have to choose one that seems the most likely to be true, none of them. Okay. All right. Fair none, answer. None of them. None of them seem likely to me. I, th I think they're all man-made, fabricated bullshit. Oh, obviously that's the case. But if you have to, like, obviously, okay. So, would you say Mormonism? Mormonism is more wacky than Christianity because it adds like oh, an extra. Oh, so we're going to talk about what's the least wacky. Yeah, yeah. That's might be a different way to. Out of all the religions, what's the least wacky? Uh, Hellenism. Hellenism, okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, this is a question I ask uh, everyone. Um, well, actually, no. I'm going to ask Mr. Bootleg's question first. Do you think Christian apologists ever actually take note of these criticisms? Uh, here, here's where I'll draw a separation. Do YouTube or online Christian apologists ever take note of these criticisms? Absolutely fucking not. Not ever, not once, never. In, uh, in, in, I, rec I reckon, I reckon I'm a big simp for, me, for um, my, Michael I'm, Jones has changed his mind on some things, right? Like he may be, he may be crazy in my opinion, but he's the least crazy of a bad bunch. Oh, hold up. Who, who'd you just say? Michael Jones, Inspiring Philosophy. He's a bro. Oh. He was on the second episode of Deep Drinks Podcast. That, you don't that, reckon? That's a problem. He's a bro. That's a problem. No, 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 no. You're talking, if you put Kent Hoven and Ken Ham and Inspiring Philosophy in a room, you're telling me that they're all on equal playing field? No. Inspiring Philosophy is way more reasonable. I, I think you. I think you're biased. I think you're biased. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't I, I, I don't. I do not agree, but we can agree. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but and and you're as far as the, the the folks that we would encounter day to day basis, whether it's at uh, a local church or a local market or whatever, would they actually take notes and, and listen and want to learn from what we have to say or criticisms or critiques? I think they do and would, but YouTubers. YouTubers, fucking your social media, internet apologist, fuck no. Their 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 egos and their uh, uh, attachment to to their identities uh, here far outweigh far outweigh their ability to to be uh, objective. Yeah, I, I I often I remember I, I um, was I was at work once and um, my one of the people there is um, religious and I used to go to church with them, and I said, oh, I've I've actually downloaded the new I've downloaded the audiobook of the NIV. I'm going to read the listen to the entire NIV Bible, and he goes, oh, you're going to give religion another chance, are you? Like he was all excited, and he goes, you should become an apologist, and I was like, why on earth would I become an apologist? I was like, why would I want to? defend something rather than just looking for the truth in whatever i find like to me apolo apologetics seems for a lot most of the time not just not because apologetics is not just religious but religious apologetics for most of the time seems like a dishonest endeavor from the get-go 
you're trying to defend something rather than looking for the truth. Now, you can probably engage with apologetics and then go away and be looking at the truth elsewhere, but I, I sometimes wonder if they actually do that. Um, uh, I just want this is I just want evidence. Yeah. Uh, and you, <laughs> I saw in the comment section, uh, I had a debate with a, um, a Muslim and you jumped in there and you were, you have a very, it was, it was interesting in the comment section. If you go check out some of the, my previous videos on my David McDonald YouTube channel. And also just uh, notify, remember that if, when we get to a thousand subscribers, we are doing a charity stream. So if you want to get us there, if you want to support this channel, um, and you want to support charity, um, and you like this stuff, subscribe. Um, if you don't like this stuff, then that's fine. Um, you don't have to subscribe, but yeah, subscribe. And we're going to get to, when we get a thousand subscribers, we're doing a charity stream. So the last question, uh, one of the last questions I'm going to ask is what, if anything would change your mind? Um, the, uh, well, I know, I know the very unpopular answer is I don't know because he should know or it mm. should know, whatever. Um, but, but I, I've tried to simplify that and, and, and make it as elementary as possible for me. Doesn't mean that applies to anyone else. And if this supreme creator, all the omnis, all the everythings, uh, is, is, is there and exists and is relevant to our day-to-day -day lives, this is my current position anyway. There, there is a, a book called The Five Love Languages. And Christians love this book. They eat it up because mm -hmm. it teaches them how we, how we should communicate to each other, especially in romantic dating or marriage like relationships, right? And, and, and how, how we, how we understand how our partner needs to uh, feel or hear or know that love is being communicated because their language may be different than ours. So we, we need to make sure that we understand how they communicate and am, am I being a, an efficient and effective communicator of my love to said person? So if, there, if there's a mere man, David, if there's a mere man that wrote this book that has five, five, five love languages, David, should not this God, whether it's the Christian God, the Muslim God, the God, whatever it is, love that God. Should should this should this God that or should this God not or should he or should he not have a singular love language? between it and I, that it knows exactly, it knows exactly how to communicate, demonstrate, show, 
display, make practical, make simple, it, it, however we want to, shouldn't it be so easy for this supreme being, this ultimate being that, that knows, supposedly knows how many hairs are on your head or on my head and, and knew us before we were birthed in our mother's wombs? Shouldn't it or he know that one language, that one love language that would convince me that he or it is there and present and relevant and willing to help me and love me and change my life. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be awesome? But the problem is that doesn't happen and it's not there. So until this ultimate being creator being is better equipped to communicate a love language to Oz than a human that <laughs> that wrote and communicated five loving love language to the entire fucking globe until then fuck off okay wow this is why i love sassy apostle oz <laughs> uh jenna actually said at the start of this stream she said you're responsible for driving my man home if you're going to get toasted sir um i'm sorry uh if you are toasted but uh make sure obviously you're not driving if you are and you know that more than anyone one last super fun question what's a book you'd recommend to someone who's deconstructing their faith oh man i i uh I still have my my box of books packed up, but the well, I'll give you two. Uh, the, the the first two that that, that helped me uh, first is Seth Andrews uh, deconverted. That that shit I read. I don't know how many times I read and even listened to on the the Audible. Um, big fan of that, Seth Andrews. Yeah, hell yeah! Shout out to to Seth. He's he's a boss. He's a boss. Uh, and then obviously the 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 late great RIP the hitch, Christopher Hitchens. God is not great. Religion poisons everything. Um that that would be that would be one that I would steer. If if and if you like audiobooks, the audiobook of that is phenomenal. It has music in between, like it hitch narrates it. It's just it's honestly it's it's it hits me in the fields like it's it's great yeah and the the other thing i want, I want to point out because the yes it it, it 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 like we do need the the those books the, the material the content to to help us through that but but we also need to equip ourselves because now now we're approaching this from a a different uh perspective um, in a different line of sight, so to speak. Mm. And this is a, uh, and I'm, I'm not blowing smoke because Dr. Josh is one of, if not my best friends. Um, but get the Atheist Handbook to the Old Testament, both volumes, volume one yep. 
in volume two because you you need to be equipped because there are so many other things in those books that you're not taught in church. We're not taught when we are in church and you need to be equipped because those are the very things that most people I talk to that, that start to chip away at, at, that, at that, that wall of faith, right? And start to, to cause the dents and the chips and the cracks in the eventual falling apart. And we're talking about Dr. Josh, somebody he's, he, he has a doctorate in one, uh, one or two master degrees. It's like invest in those things as well. So yes, mm-hmm. find the validation that you need find the validation and like deconverted and God is not great. Like find that validation. You need that. You deserve that. But also, also equip yourself, hmm. equip yourself with the information and the education that, that, that you need to, to have proper conversations, not debates, not arguments to have proper, proper conversations and dialogues with uh, those that 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 hold the, the the now all of a sudden opposite belief that you, that you have. Yeah, I just want to mention, um, uh, Mr. Bootleg said, um, "Why does it matter that someone deconverts?" Sorry, I wasn't here in the beginning. Um, Mr. Bootleg is known on my Discord server for asking. He 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 asks the most. He might asks a lot of questions, and they're great. They're great questions a lot of the time. Um, this isn't. I don't care if someone's faithful, to be honest, um, myself personally. Um, but for those who are deconstructing and they're going through what Oz is going through and what I uh, went through, if you are deconstructing, sometimes it can feel very, very lonely because the support network that you've had around you the whole life, your worldview that you've had around you your whole life, you you no longer have access to. Like you no longer can like pray that when you're stuck in traffic, then you're going to get to a job interview on time. You can no longer um, pray that God removes your anxiety because because you're you're doubting those very things. So a lot of the time, it's like you don't know how to navigate the world that you're kind of in, and it can be very traumatic. So if someone's happy in their religion and 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 whatever, I disagree with your epistemological outlook on life. I disagree that we can have good reasons to believe in God. Happy to have a conversation about it. I could be wrong. They could be wrong. Whatever. But if you are, and what Aunt Jess said, if you are deconverting, if you're someone who is deconstructing, deconstructing your faith, it's important. Like reading these books, getting yourself in the community can really help with that um, with that feeling. And um, Jenna said it been extremely traumatic and some um, of the most depressing moments in my life. And that that's that's very true. And there's something just sorry to monologue, but there's, there's something that, that I want to touch on briefly. And that is when I was deconstructing my faith, it was the hardest and most heartbreaking time in my life. But on the flip side of that, it was like a double sided coin. It was also the most exciting and the most interesting. Cause all of a sudden I could look at dinosaur fossils and be like, yo, these things weren't just make believe like they're real. Like dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. And like, I've got some fossils up here. I won't pull them down, but I'm like, wow, there's, I don't have to like make up these, like jump through all these hoops to, you know, all this stuff. So yeah, um, it was exciting, but it's also very heartbreaking for people. And that's what, that's what this, at least this stream is about. Um, but thank you so much, Oz, for coming on. Do you got something you want to touch on? Just quickly? Oh, uh, real quick on, on what you're just saying. And I was kind of, I, I, uh, until just now, I'd, I'd really just, uh, blocked out the chat and wasn't paying attention 
um, just so I could be focused on on our conversation. But uh, two two things, and, and I'll be as quick as possible. I know, I know we're way over, but um, one, as far as the why, why should one, why why would I? And, and I'll talk about this from from my perspective. Why why would I want to or desire for someone to deconvert from? Uh, uh, religions is specifically any of the Abrahamic religions is first of all beliefs beliefs impact and influence people's decisions and their actions and and I want to <laughs> I want to be surrounded the, 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 as, as much as I can I, I want to be surrounded by people that are rational and they're loving and they're kind because they want to be rational and loving and kind and they don't have the these dogmatic beliefs that impact the way that they talk to people treat people the way they vote uh the the way they approach society um i i i want to i want to know that that i have to the best of my ability, and, and and that's what's fucked up is we we will never really know. But to the best of my ability, I, I want to to know or understand that that I'm I'm around the the, the highest quality people possible. Like I, I I want to know that. I want to believe that. Um. But to the to the other part uh, that you talk about, David, there through the 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 deconstruction. But most importantly, the deconversion part, and one of the things that I didn't uh, at all address or, or, or talk about, and I'll, I'll say it very quickly here, that deconversion process, when you walk away, if you don't have people, if you don't have a community or that community, those people to lean on and talk to, that is one of the most fucked up lonely, miserable segments of your life because you've been stripped of everything. Everything that you thought was real and you thought was true, you're now realizing is not real and is not true. And you're wondering, is there anyone else out there that sees this, views this, feels this, understands this the way I am right now. And until you start to meet those people, it is, it is, it's fucked up, man. And it's, it's lonely. And I'm not going to sugarcoat that. And I never will because I, I, I shared this with uh, someone. Uh, I think it was the stream. I was with the, the Afro humanist and, and others there, there were several nights where, I, I laid in, in my apartment, the same apartment I talked about earlier, staring at the ceiling, wondering why now, now why, why, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Why, why should I continue to exist? Because now I have no purpose. I've now, I've literally now been robbed of everything. I've had everything that my identity has been tied to has been stripped from me and taken away from me. And there was, uh, 
I'm just going to pull it up because I, I think this is, uh, th- this is, no, sorry. I didn't mean to play music. I'm sorry. Rap two. Uh, um, uh, I, I wanted to pull this up because uh, I, th- I think it's ironic that, that we're talking about this um, to close this out. Uh, it was this night, and I put it in my calendar two, three years ago. No, sorry, four years ago. Um, and it was about the time I was going through the heat of this. And if you can read just the, I don't know if you can read the top part of that. Um if not, uh, Austin something night. Yep. So it says uh, Austin's suicide night, and that that was that was me typing it in there uh, in a drunken stupor. Once I had kind of bounced back after being through the um, the, the 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 depths and the throes of it, is I, I wanted to record that. I wanted to record that because it was. It was that it was, it was that night. It was when, when I shared with the Afro-Humans where I took an entire bottle of pills. I had drank an insanely amount of alcohol, and the only reason that I am still here is I had took so many pills and drank so much alcohol, I passed the fuck out. But I had I had my pistol laying like when my buddy came. He was worried he came to my apartment and found me and my pistol was laying right next to my head. And the only reason shit didn't escalate or get worse is because I passed the fuck out. Now, is that what every deconversion is or should look like or will look like? No. But again, I I don't want to sugarcoat it because for those that, especially if you're undiagnosed, untreated, like we we have to talk about the real and we have to talk about the raw and what are the brutal realities in this and when you walk away sometimes that's how fucked that shit can get and i will come full circle and say that's why therapy 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 is crucial crucial it's 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 life saving and finding a group of people that you can connect with, whether it's two or three people or a, a, a gang of people like Tang Gang, where we 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 welcome anyone and everyone. We we want we actually we we want the misfits, the ones that everybody else discounts and and, and throws to the side. We we want to welcome those people, but th- those are the most wicked, ugly and lonely moments that you can experience as a former believer. And um, I will end it and in, in, uh, as, as much as I can bring it up to tomorrow upbeat note. I want anyone and everyone now and later listening. Uh, I, and I know David does too. And, and, and David is now part of Tang Gang. So I, 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 I could even, even uh, connect that here. I I, 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 I do this 99% of the time to help that person. Mm. 
and to be there for that person. And if you feel like because of what people have told you and the way you grew up or indoctrination, whatever, that you're, you're not good enough or you're not worthy or all the other shit they, they talk, uh, I can tell you right now, you can have a place, find a place and have a place where you do feel worthy and you do feel loved and appreciated and acknowledged and validated, which is the biggest thing validated and the fact that you don't believe and you're still wanting or desiring that that community so um i know i know i said i'd keep that brief but as soon as i get preaching on that that topic i i I love people i love people and um there's always a place and and like i i'll wrap this up just like i did it better We, you, I, but you, whoever's listening, you're not alone. You're not by yourself. You are not alone. And you have a gang of people. You have a gang of people that want to love you, love on you, be there for you, and help you, and holla at your boy. Sorry, David. I I, I went the fuck off. No, um, I was like, um, uh, that took me very off guard. I'm, I'm sorry that you've, you've, you've been through that. And for anyone who's listening, um, it's suicide and, 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 and everything that comes along with the, the feelings of that um, is most people struggle with moments like that in their life. And there's no, no, no fucking shame in getting help. And I think I, I'm an, I'm the same as I think everyone, I think everyone in the, should go to therapy at least once in the life or a few times in the life. Cause it is, um, it is so helpful. Um, and, uh, I've never been suicidal myself. However, but there's been times when I've said that I, I, I was hoping to die. So, uh, I, I never planned anything, but, um, I can, re- I can relate to the, I remember literally taking solace in the idea of no, not, not living anymore. I mean, I was suffering so much with my mental health, um, Jenna just said, I'm, I'm proud of you. Um, I, I will say this to end on a happier note. You and Jenna are becoming two of my favorite people on the internet. Um, you know, like I, I became friends with um, Dr. Josh and Megan. They were my favorite for a while. Now you guys are starting to overtake them. I'm just <laughs> talking to you guys more. I love you guys. And honestly, it's been awesome meeting you guys. And um, and I, I really appreciate your story. And I really appreciate what you, you're trying to do. I think it's um, really important. And um uh and i hope that next time there is a better conference um you have me as the headlining um rapper um because obviously you need some music there i can i can rap if you need someone um so um, you're the best to, you're the greatest the you, are, you are the greatest rapper alive so <laughs> tang gang i'm here with tang gang heathen queen's a bitch <laughs> bars bars <laughs> But thank you so much, um, Oz, for coming on. It's been an amazing, um, amazing journey to listen to your story. And um, and all your links will be in the description. Make sure everyone, you go subscribe to Tang, the Atheist Network group. Subscribe to Jenna. Subscribe to Oz. They're, they're, they're doing some good stuff. And you might see me over there um, shortly um, hanging out with some peeps. Uh, I won't mention who they are. But um, 
Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And I'll talk to you guys later. Love you all. See ya.